sure enough, there was a better way. And, you know, I, it, it took me a long time to actually launch the business because I was very, um, you know, I really wanted to make sure that I mapped out my customer and map, mapped out the sort of profitability in the business first. So that took me, you know, between that and product development, probably two and a half years. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sinkula, CEO of Digital Dawn, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. Here on the Ecom Profit Podcast, I open Pandora's box and share with you and other ecom business owners weekly topics that will help you explode your business online. I outline my tried and true secret sauce, the D2D method, that's guaranteed to bring your business results. As an entrepreneur myself, I try to pull out all the same entrepreneurial passions in others. So get ready to be fired up about your business and let's have a great time. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Don Sincula, and today we have a very special guest, friend, and person of interest, Suzanne Shade. Person of interest in a good way. It makes it sound like it's, you know, like Dateline or something like that, but a person of interest, Suzanne Shade. We are so excited to have you. Now, Suzanne runs a business called Bare Hands, and it is an amazing business that is really disrupting this industry in the health and beauty space. And we're excited to have her today talking about all the ways that she started her business, as well as how we're kind of breaking some of the traditional norms in this health and beauty space online. So welcome to this show. So glad to have you. Oh, thanks so much, Don. I'm so excited to be here. This is really fun. Hey, and I, in full transparency, Suzanne is one of our clients, um, and we, you know, have been in close contact over the last, gosh, 18 months-ish, give or take now, and I wanted to bring her on because I think you're really doing some things that are are unique in the health and beauty space, and we're going to get into that, but before we kind of break into all of that conversation, Give people some understanding of what your background is and how sure. you, you know, have thought about marketing. Cause you, you've had a lot of experience in, in business and, yeah. and marketing side of things. So tell me a little bit and tell us a little bit about that side. Sure. Of sure. Yeah. Um, so my background, I started out as a graphic designer um, and I worked in advertising for many years. I freelanced um, and then I became a sort of mini agency for a retailer here in San Francisco. And that's actually, you know, I worked really closely with the CEO and that was really fun. And so I kind of got from that experience, I got kind of, you know, what it's like to do new product development and marketing and branding kind of all in one um, beautiful ecosystem. And so that, you know, I've also been kind of a, I'm not really a serial entrepreneur, but I have had um, businesses before. And so I'm kind of always thinking about, you know, sort of solving problems and things like that. So um, that's how I sort of entered into what I'm doing now. And I think you, you've had a lot of experience in the branding and graphic side and the marketing side, which really, I think has helped your brand take off in, in a lot of different ways, but tell us a little bit about Bare Hands. When did it start? Sort of what is the philosophy behind the company sure. sort of, you know, give us your origin story, I guess, more sure. than anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I went to art school, so, um, and, you know, I've 
knowing what I've known about paints and solvents and things like that, like all throughout most of like my twenties and thirties, I was just like, you know, never really gravitated toward getting salon manicures and sort of never really knew why, you know, I just, it was just not kind of a preference for me. And, and then, you know, later on when, you know, it's like, later on when people actually started to get gel manicures and all the, you know, the things that like, yeah. you know, it was solving all kinds of problems that we all had. Right. It was just like, it just, you know, it was chipping, it was, you know, didn't last. And so there was this divergent point where like all my friends started getting gels. And then I just was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta jump off. And about five years ago, I, you know, I just was like, okay, there's gotta be more people like me. There's gotta be more people. And this is super common for entrepreneurs. It's just like, I have this problem. I want to really have beautiful, nice nails, but I don't want to go in the salon to do it. So um, I just started to do research and I was like, there's gotta be a better way. Um, And I sort of went down the buffing road and sure enough, there was a better way. And, you know, I, it, it took me a long time to actually launch the business because I was very, um, you know, I really wanted to make sure that I mapped out my customer and map, mapped out the sort of profitability in the business first. Yeah. So that took me, you know, between that and product development, probably two and a half years. Yeah. To that to a place. And um, I actually wound up launching like right at the pandemic, um, which had some benefits, but <laughs> some I was going to say, good. Bad. And yeah. so I look back on it now, I'm like, oh gosh, I probably should have not been so slow on this. I probably should have started it earlier. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, but it's it's been a crazy, incredible adventure. And I have found the people that, mm-hmm. you know, think like me and who, you know, just really enjoy it. I, I have so many customers who like email me back. They're like, I'm so excited to get this. Yeah. Um, I love, I love hearing that. That just like makes my day. So, t- so tell us a little bit about the actual product itself. Sure. Okay. So, so yep. the, the, the method or the methodology, I guess, around yep. this is that, you know, you have concluded and research shows that when you use polish, acrylics, gels, dips, all the different, you know, anything that you're putting on your, your nail, yep. that it, it, it's, there's it's chemical, right? And then there's a chemical reaction, but explain that piece of it maybe a little bit more because you do it better. Yeah. Than I do. No, for sure. Um, so there was, you know, a common knowledge and sort of common belief for the last probably 20 years has been that, you know, your nail is, is dead and nothing is really going to penetrate that nail. And so everybody's just kind of like, Oh, it's cool. You know, it's just, it's just dead and I'm going to paint it. Yeah. And it's fine. yeah. Um, and, but it is porous and, you know, they have done studies. There was a study at Duke um, a couple of years ago and they just were like, you know what? It actually does. It does penetrate and mm-hmm. it does get into your bloodstream. Um, and even though a lot of the sort of known bad chemicals have been removed, those swap chemicals are the ones yeah. that haven't really been looked at or studied or tested really at all. So, you know, people are swapping out chemicals um, in a lot of these different formulas, but there's really this big unknown of, yeah. you know, is, is any of that safe? So, you know, in that climate, I was just, you know, wanting to give people an alternative. So, you know, basically the alternative that I have is it is a glass polisher and the polisher itself actually, um, 
it, there's a like super hard layer of keratin on your nail and what it does, and then underneath there's softer layers and it sort of sloughs off that outer layer and it gives you this super high gloss shine, like almost kind of instantly. And it's kind of funny when people see it in real life and they're just like, Oh my God. I didn't know my nails could do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It looks, it yeah, looks when like I do polish, live again, right? people are just like, you oh. know, and then like somebody will look and then the big crowd will gather around and they'll be like, what, what is this crazy thing? Right. So it and is, so they, it is. Yeah. It, and it's intended to still give you that high gloss look of your, of polish on your nails, yeah. but it's really intended to keep you from having to one, go get manicures, which we know are very expensive and cost a lot of time and money yeah. during the pandemic. You couldn't do that. So, you know, a great time. I personally think great time to launch, right? Oh, totally. you know, yeah. I mean, hello, everybody's at home anyway, but then yeah. two, three, it's like, you know, giving yourself an alternative to not putting the chemicals on your skin and on your, in your bloodstream and all that kind of stuff. Plus environmentally, I think there's an element to that. Right. And, Absolutely. and so this is, you know, a, kind of one, a unique product and a unique niche and kind of a unique market. So why did you kind of choose hands as, or, or nails as the, the, sort of beauty brand to go into or as the beauty industry piece to go yeah. into versus, you know, makeup or skin or yeah, something like no. that. I mean, one is that it was personal to me, you know, and I had a lot of struggles sort of growing up with it. And so I had kind of a personal connection to nail care. Um, and then the other one, just from kind of a strategic sort of business standpoint, mm -hmm. it's, and, and being a marketer and knowing how hard it is to have kind of brand driven growth, especially as a small bootstrapped company to say, okay, you know, if I can find a niche niche that basically is kind of unchartered, yeah. then I have a wider ability to reach people and to kind of stop people and to have people take interest just more organically. So it's, it was a way for me to do that. And, you know, it was, I had a friend of mine who was just like, Suzanne, you found like one of the last blue oceans in beauty. Yeah. And, you know, I, I truly believe that. Um, and, you know, the fee, again, the feedback I get really tells me that, you know, kind of going in the right direction. So. Right. And, and I, I you know, because beauty itself, particularly online beauty, let's just speak to that more Yeah, people in 2020, I mean, we know there was a huge launch in online businesses and part of those online businesses, a lot of them were drop shippers or people kind of getting into the space for the first time, kind of recognizing you could resell things and that kind of stuff. But the beauty industry or handcrafted handmade goods was just like one of the biggest industries that grew because people were home. They could handcraft, handmake, they understood it. Yeah. You know, they were doing stuff and look, my friend likes this kind of thing or whatever, you know, and selling it online, but it's, it's really a hard industry to yeah. differentiate yourself and to yes. get into. And then even in the online space, it's just saturated, right. With so many brands. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I mean, one of the things that's been challenging, I think for people in the transition is the fact that, you know, prior to the privacy transition, it was, you know, you were able to target people very specifically and yeah. you know, people were designing businesses very, very niche down. Mm -hmm. And you were like, okay, this is one particular product for this one particular segment. 
and you know you were able to target it and you could grow that way and then you know kind of yeah out with different product offerings but without that you know and this is again kind of one of the reasons why I'm glad that I approached it the way I did is that you know without that ability to target you know you do have to have you know wider yeah. reach and you have to have a really strong connection to what people's problems are and what their pain points are and you know and and really really be able to differentiate and, yeah. and not just sort of have a different version of the you know 40 things that they see every day well and i think the one you one of the other unique pieces of of your brand too is that you know not everybody wears makeup, right? Not everybody takes great care of their skin. Not everybody does the hair stuff, but a lot of people do take care of their hands and their nails, which is, it's, yeah. it's surprising, right? Like a lot, whether it just be a natural nail or, it, you know, it's, it's full on nails or whatever it is, but there, and everybody's got nails, right? Man and women have nails. So it's not just a, a, it's not just a female industry that you're kind of going into, although I think more females use this product more so than males do, but it's definitely across, you know, gender where you can get into a couple different, you know, spaces with that and you can market different differently, but there's, there's a uniqueness to the way in which you have sort of thought about the branding and marketing for this particular product, even because it is so niched and so kind of, you know, specific, there's other things that you've really thought about making this unique and the branding piece of it. So talk a little bit about that for me, because I think so many people don't know how to differentiate their product in a way or think about it differently, particularly in the health and beauty space that people just don't, they don't know what to do. Like I'm just watching these competitors. I'm looking at what they're doing. And so I'm doing what they're doing, but you've really taken a unique approach to this. So tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's part of the approach that I'm taking, or actually the whole approach that I'm taking is actually that it's not an extremely sort of polished looking brand and it's not completely cohesive in the way that you look at beauty brands with, you know, big teams of people that create them. And I think, you know, that's a whole different type of business. It's a whole different way of operating. You know, you have people, again, like this is a marketing podcast. So you have people kind of in every channel of marketing who handle everything and you've got strategy and it all comes together. And because just the nature of the fact that I do quite a lot of it right now myself mm-hmm. is that, you know, I don't really have the sort of time and resources to do it in, in in a cohesive way. And based on my background, it's like, I know what it takes to do that. And, yeah. you know, that a lot of it is, you know, somewhat <laughs> beating myself up that it doesn't kind of get to that standard, but in a way I feel like it's, pr- it's a perfect time for it because I feel like people are kind of somewhat tired of that. You know, they're very tired of kind of like self con- like this sort of constructive world that people have yeah. made brands and, you know, they look at brands in a different way. They look at you know, the way that, that companies operate, the way that they, you know, show up for their customers. And, you know, I am at heart, just a service oriented brand, you know, I'm very much into, you know, being hands-on with my customers and, you know, you know, creating uh, Instagram content, you know, TikTok content. So, you know, I, I definitely want to lean into the fact that, you know, it's me running the business and I care a lot about you and I care a lot about, you know, yeah. 
what happens to you. And, and I, you know, I'm in the DMs every single day, like answering questions about people's nail care and foot care and all kinds of things. So, and it is actually her doing it. <laughs> no, it is. And it's crazy. And I never thought about how emotional this topic was going to be. It's a very yeah. emotional topic. People, you know, come at it from a lot of different points of view. You know, a lot of people were kind of shamed as kids and teenagers, you know, for not having perfect nails. They were ashamed for, you know, having bad nail habits like biting and picking yeah. and things like that. So there's, there's a lot that I unravel, you know, with people every day. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of, um, business owners don't always take the time, right. To, to follow up and be in the weeds in a good way with their yeah. customers to find out those pain points and to understand it. Do you think that if you hadn't been the one doing that, do you think you would have had as much knowledge on your customers' pain points as you do now? I mean, has that really helped you sort of formulate oh, yeah. your yeah. next products and your next Absolutely. messaging and kind of your, your vision of the company? Talk a little yes. bit about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, with it, the challenge with everybody really is, you know, it's it's hard. You know, you have a lot of data points to look at who your customer is, but you know, in a way, the 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 most validated piece of data is, you know, is your live contact with people and listening to what they've got. So the more, to me, the more you kind of are more involved in that, you know, the, that's sort of the like the true data, you know, you have a lot of demographics, you have a lot of, you know, sort of behavioral data, but you don't really have that, like, real experience and yeah. me asking you know it's like that follow-up question where you're like if somebody has a problem and then it's question 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 and then by the time you've got all these questions you've you you kind of know what's happening so yeah that's you know it's but it's super time consuming you know and I think that's the that's the challenge you know a lot of folks who are interested in you know scaling really quickly and you know putting their investor decks together and you know trying to kind of be in that space which I've chosen not to do you know it's it's just a different path you know and then yeah. and, and you do have to kind of come to grips you know I'm right at like year three and so you're coming to grips with like okay this is going to be a slower growth path yeah um, but as you know and you've helped me get there you know it, it is it's a steady growth path right you know, as long as you kind of keep, you know, keep moving upward. Yep. You know, you, well, you and there. I, yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of people don't, they want the fast growth. They don't understand, you know, that sometimes slow and steady wins the race. Right. And I think we all know the statistics of businesses closing and, you know, failing and all that kind of stuff. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact of, you know, people just don't have patience, first of all, and they don't understand some of the financial pieces to what's going on, but they also don't take time to listen to their customers. And I think you do such a great job of listening to what your customers are telling you and, and uncovering some of these things that may or may not have been obvious to you at the beginning of this journey. Yes. Maybe you had your own issues or your own yeah. challenges and you're solving your problem, but I think yeah. you've uncovered this sort of world of, of, you know, you really are solving a problem for a, for a, a group of people yeah. that have had issues with, you know, however their self-esteem has come across in this way. Yeah. And so with that being said, you still have grown year over year, you've still continuously been able to do it, but you are able to great, make great content, I think too, and solve 
customer problems with products that are fulfilling that, right? But tell me a little bit about some of the other ways that you're thinking about sort of disrupting the market a little bit, because we've used traditional sort of strategies around growth and things, but now you're kind of in year three, you're seeing a steady customer base, you're seeing a steady repeat base, you're seeing things like that. You're kind of doing some different things now that, you know, and and having some different conversations around you know, marketing, tell everybody kind of what that's looking like for you at this point. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting because when I started the business and when I was developing the product, I wasn't a nail expert, you know, I wasn't yeah. a nail tech, I'm not certified. Um, and I have learned and researched and grown throughout this process enough to really validate some of the assumptions that I have. And the assumptions that I had going into it was that, you know, a lot of people were following what I was calling kind of like a salon protocol, right? So Mm -hmm. you go into the salon and a lot of the processes that go on in the salon are really sort of, they're really geared towards aesthetics. Yeah. And one of the things that I want to do in the process, and I'm just kind of gearing up is to actually have a whole just kind of battery of education videos and reels and things and articles and to sort of step away from the salon environment and say, okay, if you look at this through the lens of health Mm -hmm. and aesthetics, you know, so it's like, okay, you're, you're looking at it from health, like what produces a healthy nail and, and then it's, you know, how to all of those how to's and, you know, I have one particular video on YouTube that is, you know, basically just how to do a natural nail care routine front to back. And, you know, it's got tens of thousands of views yeah. just organically. And, you know, so again, those types of things where you're like, okay, that kind of indicates the fact that, you know, people have been taught one way, but if you teach them another way through another lens, yeah. then there's a lot of opportunity for education and for brand growth and for business growth. So, you know, it's, that's kind of one of my goals, you know, this year into next year is to, Mm -hmm. you know, how do you kind of design what I'm calling like nail school? So it's like, you know, natural nail school starts and, you know, here are the different protocols and pedicures. And then, you know, just what that does is just kind of shifts people's um, view of not only nail care, but the brand and the brand's place and carving out this, this sort of new world. I think that's really interesting because the brand place and in, in instead of leaning into more of the beauty aesthetics piece of it, which a lot of beauty brands do, yes. you're kind of taking this approach of like, there's, there's a healthy element to this. Right. And, and in a different conversation, you and I had even talked about, you know, what does it mean when you have ridged nails? What does it mean when you have like calcium on your nails? What does it mean when you have breakage? What does it mean? And there's a lot of health stuff that goes into that. Like you don't realize like just much information you can get from your nails in general on how healthy you are, you know, deficits or deficiencies or things like that. And so I love that you're taking that approach to kind of a different way to lean into the health and beauty part of, of this brand. But I think it differentiates you a lot too, outside of just having a differentiated product, it will differentiate your brand in a different way where people will start to know, like, and trust you in a way that is. Yeah, no, it's true. And actually, if you see the evolution of even the visual side of the brand, you know, I started out in this very aesthetic place and, you know, it was, this. it was, 
kind of aspirational in some ways and sort of like, okay, let's sort of visually redefine what beauty is. And then, you know, it, it kind of, I still maintain kind of a, a nice aesthetic just because I feel like it's, you know, people respond really well to it, but it's, to me, it's like, how do you widen that out and not necessarily be a person who defines what beauty is necessarily? Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, again, we're not defining what beauty is. We're defining more of, you know, what is, what is healthy. Yeah. I and, love that. And, and I think, and I think that's so good. Self-confidence, you know? Yeah. Self-confidence. And, and I think that, you know, there's so much emphasis on the the beauty part of health and beauty and not so much emphasis on, on the health part of, of yeah. the beauty. And I think that's a really unique angle that, and it's not an angle. I mean, it's really not, it is a marketing angle, but it's also you know, like a no, truth. But, I mean, but it kind right? of is, you know, I mean, and it's, I'm, right? yeah, I'm, I'm a very kind of um, doing what other people don't do kind of person in, yeah. in a, a lot of ways. And so again, it's like when I see sort of the pendulum swing into this, like very, finely crafted, you know, very like high touch aesthetic, even yeah. though that's something that really appeals to me, I'm kind of like, Oh, I'm going to pull it away and yeah. see what we can do with that a little bit. Yeah. More. Yeah. And I know you're trying to get, and you have gotten some really great media attention outside of just, you know, doing things on Facebook and Instagram, you've gotten some mentions, I think in Vogue and, you yep. know, some things in the wall street journal and stuff like that. How talk a little bit about how you're trying to, you know, break out of even just the digital space and making this a bit more of a movement yes. in, in a bigger way that people can get, you know, sort of more information outside of just Facebook ads and things like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's one of the best articles I think that um, that happened to me early on. I was interviewed by a woman called Jessica DeFino and she was a beauty editor at the time and she now has pivoted into being really an authority and a beautiful voice for, you know, the definite, again, sort of definitions of beauty and, you know, our participation in, in beauty as a practice. And one of her last articles was actually for the New York Times and it was called, um, is this the end of the manicure? And it was mm. during the pandemic. And of course, everybody is sort of questioning everything at that stage. Right. And, you know, she takes a pretty unflinching look at um, the industry specifically, you know, the safety of it for, you know, not only for people, but for workers. And, yeah. you know, and it's a really, really sensitive topic, you know, because people are very attached to it. And yeah. you know, there, there are people whose livelihoods depend on this industry. And, you know, she got a lot of pushback for it. And so that, it was at that moment when I was like, okay, there, there's opportunity here, but there's also a lot of sensitivity that needs to happen. Yeah. I kind of can't come in and sort of push into, you know, the safety, like disrupting piece in a way that I think a lot of other brands can. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting too, because I, you don't really think about nails as like a cultural thing too. There's a lot of cultural yeah. um, pieces to yeah. this. And I think, you know, for whatever, right, wrong, or otherwise, I mean, I can speak to my own, you know, culture and, and being an yes. Italian woman and, and nails are very important to us as, as, as a sign of, you know, all, all sorts of things, feminine and that kind of thing too. Oh and, yeah. you know, I think there's, there's a part of this that is, um, 
you're breaking norms, right? You're, you're kind of breaking some of the cultural barriers, even to a certain degree with having conversations around, you don't have to have these long, you know, but yes and no, I mean, no, right. Yeah. I mean, but it's crazy. Like I actually, I, there's a creator that I really admire. Um, and she and I did a phone interview and then I did an interview with her that lives on my blog and, you know, she, laid out her participation beauty and said, Hey, you know, like where I'm at culturally and where I am at in society, like, I don't really have the same choices to sort of give up my beauty routine because of how I'm perceived. Right. And because of, you know, the sort of striving and the sort of, you know, sort of signifying that I need to do as a woman of color. And it was an incredible piece, you know, and she, you know, opened my eyes up absolutely and you know mm-hmm. hoping that she did it for other people but you know that is again th- this is an hours and hours long topic so <laughs> like you know it's like wh- well why do you feel this need yeah. and like then you're sort of deconstructing it and you know again it, the nails really do signify you know there's there's like a sort of status signifier there right that's really kind of undeniable so you know again I don't go there yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. there's a lot of places that I don't go that I probably could go but yeah. I just to me like I focus on kind of the positive alternative yeah, yeah. and and it, the inclusivity of it as well right. it's like I have a lot of folks who you know who also paint their nails and they also do gels and they also you know do right. you know all kinds of things as well so and it's like hey you know it, this is part of your routine it's right. not you're bad, you're good. Yeah. It, everybody is at a different place. Um, they're yeah. also in a different place kind of sustainability wise. Yeah. You know, there are people who push very hard on my, you know, inclusive inclusion of plastics and packaging and things like that, which I, you know, I'm really grateful for. And then there are people who are just on the beginnings of that journey yeah. who are fine with it the way that it is. So it's, you know, it's, trying to meet people where they are, but then being sensitive to everybody kind of on the spectrum of where they are. Yeah. yeah. I, I, we could talk forever on that because that, oh, that yeah. is, I mean, it, it goes so much deeper than nails and, and, and beauty and things like that. I mean, it, it really is kind of how you speak. My whole philosophy is when you speak to everyone, you speak to no one. Right. And, yeah. and so having sort of this methodology of, you know, where and what you're going to talk about and who you're going to talk to yeah. is, is cr- critical, I think, or key to having a really good marketing strategy and finding your people, even though there may be outliers of people that, you know, like you just said, are still interested, or you could talk about this particular topic, or you could talk about that. Yeah. Speaking to the people who, you know, in your brand or who are going to be accepting of this particular product, you're speaking right to them. You're addressing those problems. You're going deep into that issue and, and you're really honing in on the messaging that I think is so important for so many different people to hear from you versus trying to break into something that may or may not be, yeah. you know, well, it, a, a, a it's space. true. Right. No, it's true because, you know, back in 2019, before I launched, you know, I had this kind of persona in mind, yeah, um, yeah. you know, I went down to the, the goop conference in Los Angeles and yeah. you know, I'm sad. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, these are my people, these are my people. Yeah. and you know, that's a part of my people, but it's yeah. not, you know, it's, it's not a lifestyle really. Right. And I, 
really have kind of stepped away from, you know, having my models kind of look exactly, you know, way, the yeah. way the lifestyle is. And it's like, it's not a lifestyle. It's actually more of just, you know, it's answering someone's curiosity about a different way. Yeah. And yeah. if that speaks to them, then, you know, come on in and, you know, get, yeah, you know, get a new perspective. So I love it. There's, there's so many exciting things that, you know, you're doing and the way that you're approaching this, I, I think you're one of those brands to watch, right? Like if, if I have a brand to watch list of, you know, different brands, I, you're definitely on my list of people and brands that you should be keeping your eye on, because I think you're going to break into even more into the space in conversations and, and really do some unique marketing things that I think a lot of our listeners can learn from. And a lot of things that people who are thinking about starting brands, beauty or otherwise can learn from. I think you, you've, you've done your due diligence. You've had great patience. You've understood your audience. You do listen to what people are telling you. You create content based on that. I mean, all of the things that you know, a digital marketing agency wishes their clients would do on a regular basis, you know, I'm taking advice. <laughs> well, no, that's part, you know, cause when I was a consultant, you know, I'd give people all kinds of advice and, and you know, sometimes they take it. So I was like, you know, as a client, like I'm going to approach this a little differently. <laughs> yeah, you guys yeah. are the experts. You tell me what to do. But you have done an amazing, amazing job. So if people want to check you out, okay, yeah. if they want to um, come find your brand, where can they do that? Yes. Um, so I would say go to Instagram first. Um, I am at Bear Your Hands um, on Instagram, and I also have the same handle on TikTok. My content on TikTok's a little bit, um, a little bit different, um, just because of the platform, but, um, yeah. And then also at barehands.us, which is where you can find all my products. I've got manicure, a manicure kit, a pedicure kit. Um, and I've got some new things for the future. So yeah, some really cool new things coming. So yeah. you are definitely going to want to put her not only on your product gift list, personal gifts items, but yes. also for a marketing who to watch and what to watch sort of brand. I think it, it is amazing. So thank you so much for being here with us today. I know we will get questions about your brand. I know we will get questions about all the things. So we may bring you back for a follow-up conversation, awesome. but definitely yeah. go check her out, go check out her brand and buy her product because it is affordable and it is amazing and it will definitely help your nails. I, I, love it, love it, love it. And I've given it as lots of gifts to people. So thank you so much for having and being here. I appreciate it. And thank you all for listening. And until next time. Well, thank you so much, Don. Have a good one. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you've heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to see if you're a good fit to work with the Digital Dawn team, head over to digitaldawnagency.com forward slash contact and let's book a call. Thanks so much again and until next time.